In times like these, being a citizen is a big job. Thank you for joining us to celebrate the virtues of self-rule and debate the state of our republic. Welcome to the Citizen's Prerogative Podcast. This is the voice of your nerdy host, Michael Piscatelli, and we are inspired by a co-host whose passion for our republic precedes him everywhere he goes, Raymond Wong Jr. Thank you, thank you. And I recall Mark Twain saying that history doesn't repeat itself but it does rhyme. This is episode number 57. We are still in season three. The title of this episode will be We Were Warned. So what we're going to be talking about today is uh, revisiting this very real coup attempt against our republic and um, our uh, the will of the people through our election process. And um, the risks that all of that poses to the liberty that we're promised and any other freedoms or, you know, a false sense of security, anonymity might um, all be at risk. And there's this interesting thing we do in this country. I'm just going to go on a little bit of a digression on this false sense of security, because I would say up until this point in time, other than when certain people were ahead of the FBI in the past and things like that, like J. Edgar Hoover and whatnot, we know what it's like when people with personal vendettas get the power of the government behind them. Um, Anyone can now, I think of it like the eye of Sauron for anybody who's familiar (laughs) with the Lord of the Rings, because, you know, once you're in government and you have access to that data and you have authority and this, that, and the other thing, any individual can be singled out. Any one of us can easily lose our anonymity. We can lose our freedoms. We can lose anything and everything. And especially if you're executing your rights for free speech, um, you know, dictators and people like that don't appreciate things like that and they can eventually do whatever they want. So our sense of security and, and freedom and being able to move from point A to point B without being stopped and checked for our papers and, and things of that nature. I mean, we take that for granted today. I mean, people freaked out when we closed the borders in the North and the South and Americans up until that point, maybe a quarter of us or a third of us had passports. Everybody basically had to go get passports because a lot of people live on the border and they go to Canada or they go to Mexico, you know? And so anyway, like I said, this was a digression, but when I think about Liberty and the promise of Liberty and the opposite of that, (laughs) Some of these totalitarian regimes, you see how much power Putin has within Russia. That's not where we want to be. And we've been warned. I mean, the warnings were carried by the founders into the creation and the establishment of several iterations of our government before we got to the one we're on now. And part of the reason why they had to keep iterating was because they didn't want a king. They didn't want a president. They did not want a supreme authority over them. They were worried about their own liberty, their liberty to discriminate and have slaves and all that too. I'm going to pause. Well, I'm glad you uh, clarified that it was Lord of the Rings you were talking about because of all the British news. I I don't know Lord of the Rings, so I thought it would have been like, oh gosh, just another royal I didn't care or knew about. And I have to learn about, I suppose, so because this is relevant news, but thank you. Um, And I will say that 
you know, I'm glad you brought up and it's an important point for us is that the, the presidency role wasn't supposed to exist because there is inherent risk with the strong man ideal, right? This, these were enlightened ideas that a people could self-rule. These were an enlightened, um, a, a, a enlightened approach to governance and self-rule. And unfortunately, the, the nation just wasn't ready yet. So the presidency came in as a necessity to try to rally people and unite them. And so that's the core role. The role of that presidency was to unite the fractions and the and the discord to create a common voice. So if the president's not doing that, they're not doing their job. A hundred percent. And to one degree or another, Ray and I have been seeing this. I mean, we've been sensitive to it for a long time because we've interacted with bullies our whole life. So we've always <laughs> counted on our system to essentially not promote bullyism, but promote reason and enlightenment ideals. And we're not there anymore. And the, and the thing we've been watching steadily over administration over administration, and this is probably rooted down into the parties and their interests to have power over one another. Congress has not done anything to hem in the power of the presidency. So decades over decades over decades, you go back every presidency. At some point, a president overstepped the line and Congress did nothing to pull it back. They don't. There's a lot of reasons why they don't want to be beholden to some of the decisions that some of these presidents are willing to make, like going to war, <laughs> which used to be or is a technically something only Congress can do, declare war. Right. Just one minor. Oh, one minor little detail, one minor little function of our government. <laughs> uh, we know where that's led. But that's just one example of where the the balance, the checks and the balances and, and the things between the three core components, the judiciary, the executive and the legislative, or I should say, in the order of the Constitution, Article one is Congress, <laughs> the legislative branch, number one. <laughs> Um, number two is the president, and then number three is this religious Supreme Court we have nowadays. Those are the first three articles. So Congress, being the body of the people, it, it theoretically should be more of a supreme authority. But the truth is they all kind of have checks and balances on each other for good reason, because people in groups sometimes don't behave very well. So do the checks and balances behave very well is the question. And it is. it appears that checks and balances will only be as effective as the people. So we have to be open to what the signals are telling us. We can't sit back and remain idle. You have to listen to what's happening. Yeah, and there's something embedded in what you just said that's always scary to me. And other politicians have made this point as well. It's like, well, the rule of law only exists when we behave as if it, as if it exists. Because <laughs> democracies, republics, rule of law, self-rule, all that only exists in our minds and on paper. You only make it a reality by living the virtues, right? By believing in the words and upholding the words. And this is why people say, when you've taken an oath to the Constitution, it's all we have. And if you lie and you cheat and you steal, and that becomes the norm, then there's no republic anymore, right? If you have enough people who are lying, cheating, and stealing, that washes away all the words, all the writing, all the laws, all the freedoms are gone. And nothing, no document has changed. Nothing's been amended. 
that's the that's the real risk we're seeing right i do want to chime in that when january 6th originally happened we did do a special episode and i think we were very sympathetic we were very open to what people were feeling that did attack the capital but we things have changed no one on that side seems willing to reconcile that should have been the moment in my opinion to say whoops this has gone a little too far the republic matters way more than my personal opinion or my made in china hats you know it, it, this is a bigger than this um but it didn't happen it's double down on uh, on the other side double down so we it's unfortunate that it forces a group like even ours to focus on something like this because we're not current event focused we're that's not our mission um is to be we want things that will endure we're, we're about policy we're about long-term strategy in, in a lot of ways i feel but um this clear and present danger is evident uh, more than ever i mean up until this point i had only seen it in the history books and it wasn't pretty then and it doesn't seem very pretty now the parties are a bit of a problem right and we've talked about this before they're very much challenged in their own ways they're they're both enabling greater corruption legal or otherwise and they're also creating other stresses on institutions as a whole and now the hard right pull against the extremists within the you know former conservative republican party um is pretty intense and in alignment with the global rise and that type of thinking the democrats are kind of being pulled along <laughs> i don't know that the democrats necessarily at their core are, are that are better as a party than the republicans it's just that the republicans have gone so far in one direction that the democrats can easily steal the ground of we stand for democracy. We stand for the republic. But there's a fair number of conservatives like Liz Cheney, right, out there that also believe in the rule of law. And so it's really important for us to be focusing on individuals, at least nowadays, who believe in the rule of law and are not not feeding into the corruption. So you know, we talk about the elections and everything. One thing we have to be careful of is if the Democrats do take too much control for too long, and I, I, you know, I. I am an anti-party type of person, so I fear that the people in power, like in the Democratic Party, if they feel like they're going to have majorities for a while, that the deep-seated monies, moneyed corruption is going to pool in there even more, right? And it's like that in and of itself is a thing we have to deal with on the side. And again, we'll probably talk more about that specifically also in a later episode before the election, but it's the money, the dark money and the massive amounts of money um, and how the wealthy are manipulating these things now is like, it's on high, but we're so distracted by the absolute insanity. We're not even focusing on some of those facts, right? And so that's the big risk um, right now. And it's important for us not to be blinded by party because they're kind of blinded themselves. Well, let's be sympathetic with each other as citizens really quick, because when we weren't blinded by the sensational stuff that was going on, we were blinded by distance. I mean, the Internet is new. Tele telecommunications are only a cool hundred years plus. So when we think about it, it's nothing new. Like the populace was always blind and a little bit uneducated about what was going on in Washington. Now 
their goal is to, you can see, you can open up, a, you can look at the channel, you can watch C-SPAN, you can do whatever you want to see and hold your government accountable. But if you're too busy dealing with the noise, all the white noise, right? You can't see what's 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 happening behind the curtain. And before, just you could never get to the curtain. Washington is how many miles away from where even Michael and I said a thousand plus so miles. So we are. This is not different. So do be sympathetic. Like what the problem is is what I've said before. Like do we become the stupid ages? Do they look back and say, well, they had all the info. Like they created this great internet but they still let it collapse. They still let their country collapse. They were all interconnected like that. And, and, and it'd be a joke, right? If we still failed because we had, we had fixed the one issue that government used to control us, which is our ability to communicate untethered. The solution's simple. It's just, I think, difficult, right? Because it takes each of us to pay attention. I'm going to throw out a quote there. Um, we're going to harken back to George Washington. He was our first president. He said he felt he knew being our first president, there was a lot of precedences that would be set by his presidency. And so his is the one we always go back to for that transition of power, peaceful transition of power, um, because there was a lot of worries that the commander in chief might choose to stay in power they had the army you know they had the military and all that stuff so physically to say you know just because you don't have the votes doesn't mean much when you can threaten people um, to stay in power but washington didn't do that um and when he left office i mean he he decided he could have won a re-election um, you know, it's not until FDR that we actually limit presidents to two terms. So Washington could have kept running and could have kept getting elected because it's just Congress that's electing him. And he knows all those people. But he chose to leave and for good reason to set the precedence of how someone should leave in this very brand new first edition experimental republic. So his farewell address in 1796. He opined for us his hopes for the people and their new experiment in self-rule. Paraphrase him here. Your union and brotherly affection may be perpetual, that the free constitution, which is the work of your hands, may be sacredly maintained, and that its administration is, in every department, may be stamped with wisdom and virtue. He had high hopes for us, and at the same time, he also went on to warn us of tyranny and how political parties will set the stage for some of our potential demise of this grand experiment. I quote him again, unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. We might argue that the engine, the engines are at risk, our elections, and they are right now <laughs> ever more potentially able to uplift these people into unjust dominion. And when they do get there, they will 
dismantle everything they used to get there. They will destroy the bridge behind them and they will leave us all to be ruled by them. On that note, I think it's time for us to take a break. Here's a message from our sponsor, Citizen Do Good. Politics is war, simply without bloodshed. An old adage that rings true to today. The war for liberty and justice for us all is never over and every battle counts. Our republic holds the promise of our freedom and it is up to us to unleash its potential. The time is now to reimagine ourselves and our system of governance for the dawning of a new day. We are the proud sponsor of the Citizens Prerogative Podcast, a major partner in spreading the good word about civic love and the power of change for us all. At Citizen Do Good, we plan to continue having these conversations so all citizens are encouraged to invest in themselves and their communities. Keeping that goal in mind, we need your help to stay on mission and grow this community. Help spread the word by sharing your favorite post or Citizens prerogative podcast episode from our sponsor's Facebook page. You can also access information directly at citizendogood.com. Feel free to use the hashtag CDG when you share. Feel free to share any suggestions you have with us directly through our contact us page. Thanks for your support. I started the episode kind of with a quote um, that I'll hope is correct. And then that it really... I think captures a concern I've always had and uh, it, you know, that, that idea that history repeats itself. And if history does repeat itself, you know, the, the nation should fail, right? The, 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 the grand experiment should fail because it has all the similarities, everything's right in line, but stumbling across, across that Mark Twain quote, um, which I do enjoy his insights. Uh, and that, that one really spoke to me that, it doesn't repeat itself, but it actually rhymes. And, and I, I can see it. I hope that we're seeing it right now, that it definitely rhymes, but it's it's the character of the people. It's the character of the base. Um, it's character of the citizens, which make how a nation deals with tyranny. And hopefully we're showing that we're patient. Uh, we give people a chance to, to, to make it right more than they deserve, apparently, if you're rich. And that's just the equity we have to pull back, right? So to me, there's a huge effort of really pulling back the power structure. And um, the labor movement, I think more and more, the big problem with government not getting behind labor big time is because I think after we deal with the labor issue, we'll deal with the government, right? Like after we deal with pay and equity in the labor market, I think the concern is that we'll turn around and say, well, wait a minute. Why don't we hold our government as, as, as much as we do our bosses and our corporate leaders? They've got all the money in the world, but yet our government. So I, I think that it's, it's another distractionary method, keeping us busy dealing with our bosses, which are the biggest problem in our life right now, which it should be the government, frankly, because they, they're affecting everything and our boss. And times like these, there are many fronts on the war a citizen has to pay attention to. Too many battles. Too many battles for people who are too depressed, poor, hungry, tired, you name it. This country has a lot of citizens that are hurting. They're addicted, homeless, whatever. And then there's everybody else. And we can do so much better. 
I know it's hard to focus on that sometimes because all the anger, all the all the negativity that's out there seems to have gotten some some addiction addiction into many people. Um, and we hope we can do our part to help make that pass. So we're going to move in for this episode. We're going to move into calls to action. We're probably going to be on time. Congressional action to reinstate their authority and ensure proper oversight, uh, excuse me, oversight of the executive and the judicial branches would be a really good start. I mean, I, I'm not going to say at the same time, we should always be fighting for pay equity and you know, having unions in places that are making sure people are getting good benefits and etc. You know, we still live in a world where CEOs and C-suite, the people who report to the CEOs are making many times more and every year or two years, many more times, many more times what the lowest paid employee of any company takes home. And at the end of the day, all the employees who work there are actually doing the work of that company. So it's, we've got a long way to go. I'm just glad certain states like California and New York right now are starting to potentially pass laws that require postings to actually have salary ranges on them. Wow, it's not funny. Anyway, it's a big digression, but thank you, Ray, because it is it's all these fronts on us. But Congress can act. But Congress can only act if we act when we vote. So when we say, you know, Congress needs to reinstate its authority, well, we need to identify the candidates that we can get into office that are going to reinstate that authority. And I know fundraising is still a very difficult thing. We used to just be able to talk about how bad fundraising is for political campaigns because it's always big corporate donors causing all kinds of problems. Um, that's still a problem too. <laughs> Keep an eye out for that. Is that representative actually interested in making things better for you? Or are they making you afraid? And if you don't vote for them, you are going to be ruined. <laughs> that's awful. So get involved. Get involved in your local party. You know, we, you can't beat them, join them. Right now, the apparatus that gets elections executed besides you know obviously it's every county but the parties are very involved in what's going on and since they are like the right now they're kind of like the power centers that are trying to corrupt everything it's a good place to be to see what's going on so you know get involved with your local party help add your voice um, monitor or witness or you know uh, volunteer to run um, a poll where votes are going to be happening that way we can hopefully have people that are concerned about the Republic in the right places during these elections. Cause there's going to be a lot of people who are only concerned about winning, not concerned about conducting elections. And that's where we're really going off the rails. Um, so get involved in your local party. Both parties have extreme elements at the helm. They're skewing our candidate options. You know, they're moving our options towards the polls rather than somewhere north towards the middle and only when we get involved are we able to get better candidates than we have today. And then one more thing we'll put on the citizen. You know, we need citizen action to elect candidates to office that don't take pay big corporate donations. Like I said, they advocate for free and fair elections and they will pass laws to save our nation from authoritarianism, corruption, and climate change. I mean, these are, these are huge. 
all of them. I mean, we won't have a country after climate change if it takes us out. So these are all existential risks to the Republic. That's going to do us for this episode. We have been your hosts. Thank you to Mr. Raymond Wong Jr. And thank you, Mr. Piscatelli. I truly hope that Lady Liberty's writings are, are not the future prediction of the United States and, and, and that we truly are uh, headed towards a light, that shining light. But I feel like the huddled masses more and more is just the, the American people left behind. Yeah, it'd be nice to get back to a shining city on a hill. This has been something, that's for sure. For information on this and other episodes, head over to citizendugan.com and click on podcast. While you're there, hit up the contact us page and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from the community. Special thanks to you, our listeners. We save the best for last. You are the best and you have been for years. Thank you for your support. We know it's painful and we love you. Intro music sample from OK Class by Ozzy Jock under Creative Commons license through freemusicarchive.org. Other music provided royalty free through Fizzly and Studios Inc.